0: Today, you are about to hear a follow-up interview, my first follow-up interview with one of my guests, and it's probably one of my most requested follow-ups by far because you loved the first one so much, the first interview so much. And today, I'm speaking again to one of my sweet friends, one of my favorite people that I have met on the gram and that I follow on the gram, Dr. Cynthia Kempinski. I first had her on this podcast back in July 2019, and she taught us all how to rewire our brains for success. And we talk about this here in just a second. You'll hear in the interview, but we still to this day get people resharing That episode and she still gets reach outs. I still get reach outs from that episode asking to be connected to her. It's just one of you all's favorites and for good reason. It's just jam packed with such juicy actionable steps and tips and I just had to have her back because listen, I hear you guys. I want to make you happy. And if Dr. Kempinski makes you happy, then she's just going to have to be a repeat guest, which we've talked about that too. So hopefully we can work that out with our schedules. But for today, you are going to hear a part two follow-up with some advanced steps on how to rewire your brain for success. So before we dive into that, let me tell you a little bit about Cynthia. She is a clinician who specializes in functional medicine, clinical nutrition, and physical grade supplementation. She uses advanced lab testing along with a patient's thorough history from their genetics and biology to their lifestyle and even, well, most importantly, mindset in order to get to the root cause of her patient's complaints. And then with all of that information, Cynthia provides an individualized program allowing for the highest probability of achieving optimal health. She is a boss, just to sum all that up. And if you follow me, you probably are already following her. But if you don't, I share all of her information in the show notes. And at the end of this episode, but before you do anything at all, listen to these tips because they're really good. They are very actionable and you can just thank me later. Okay. Anyway, enjoy this interview with Dr. Cynthia Kampinski. Dr. C. Hello. Hello. Welcome back.
1: <laughs> the best welcome back ever. <laughs>
0: I'm so excited to have you back. Um, I was just telling Cynthia that, and she knows this, but like my people, the people that follow you, they love you so much. And we have a lot of the same followers. um, And it's just, it's so funny how the first episode that you did with me, we're still getting shares about it. People are still asking questions. They just, everybody wants more Dr. Cynthia. It is what it is. It
1: is definitely by far the most tagged thing I've ever been in. People are still months and months and months later sharing that episode. They send me DMs about it, asking questions. And we were talking about that. The audience is so engaged and they just want to learn more and they want to continue developing. And that's like a really special
0: group of people. It really is. That is probably my favorite thing about about my, my audience and the people. And yours too, like they want to learn. They're hungry. They're like us. Like we, we want to be better. We want to grow into the best version of ourselves and they're right there with us. So it didn't surprise me at all that they just gravitated toward this episode, which if you haven't heard it yet, why not? It's so good. (laughs) Well, we're going to do a quick recap. Um, it was episode 22 how to rewire your brain for success. So do you wanna quickly recap that and then we can kind of dive into what we're gonna talk about today?
1: Yeah. So when we're talking about rewiring our brain, we're actually talking about the neural connections in our brain. So our brain has about 100 billion neurons or brain cells. And each of those neurons has between ten to 15,000 uh, different connections coming off of it. So our whole neural wiring is about 150 trillion connections. And we don't run all those circuits at once, right? We pick and- Feels like it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) But we pick and choose what programs we're running. And so the ones that we're firing the most frequently, the ones that we fire with the most intensity Mm -hmm. tends to be our default programs that just start running on autopilot. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about wiring the brain for success, what we're doing is trying to use that neuroscience to our advantage to put Positive input into our brain, increase the frequency of that positive input, increase the strength of it by our thoughts, our actions our intentions, in order to start running those programs that we want to choose rather than maybe some old programs that aren't suiting us anymore
0: so and the the takeaway that I got from it was and this like my big goal in life is to continue growing and continue you know just You too, like to be the best version of ourselves. And the big takeaway and aha for me was this is in me. I have the potential in me. It's not in another book that I read. It's not, I mean, yeah, like all of these things will help and, you know, can help make you more knowledgeable on whatever it is that you're wanting to study or whatever. But like, this is in me. It's just choosing the thought patterns. To to make those those actions, right? Like the thought patterns that are gonna to lead to the behaviors that lead to the type of person that I wanna be. Is that right? Yeah. And
1: how empowering is that to know that it's all in you, right? Yeah. Like you are just in the driver's seat of this. You are in control of your thoughts, you're in control of your behaviors, you're in control of what action you choose or choose not to take. And so I love that you said that, that that's like your biggest takeaway because that is what I want for everyone to understand and really grasp that they're in control of their life and they're really in control of, uh, you know, the success and they're really in control of their wants and desires and that life that they're trying to create just by taking control of their thoughts.
0: And as empowering as that is, it's almost like I could totally see that, you know, maybe a while, just a couple of years ago, I would hear that and it would almost be a little disheartening too because like that's a lot of responsibility on you. Like, and at the end of the day, it's your, like, if you're not where you are, it's, it's on you. You have to figure this out. You have it in you and you have to be diligent and, um, and intentional with, you know, what you're inputting into your mind, what you're watching, who you're around. And then, you know, the behavior that you decide to put out there. But I I encourage anybody who feels that way right now, which I can totally empathize, like, change it over to an empowering thing. Like, yeah, I am responsible. Take responsibility for that. And then also I can do this myself. I can change.
1: Yeah. Everybody faces difficulties, right? We're not Mm -hmm. saying that the external circumstances are going away. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, how long are we going to live in that? How long are we going to let that affect us? And everybody goes through that period of time where they're, you know, like you a couple years back, or it's like, it's a little bit hard to kind of start. Mm-hmm. But once you start and you start really committing your time to this, things become a lot easier. And now things that would have derailed me, you know, several years back are just like quick and over with and done. And I'm on mission and I'm on focus to keep going
0: because it's this reprogram, right? And that that's the whole point. And that's thats what she taught in the first episode was this is possible. You can reprogram these old systems, these old neuro firings. That's not a technical term. <laughs> um, and you can reprogram to fire in a new way. Is that kind of how it works to lead to those new behaviors? Yeah, of
1: course. So, I mean, we had talked about like practicing gratitude and affirmations Mm -hmm. and meditation right all these things where we're kind of reprogramming that subconscious mind and so now when something happens a setback things don't go right you're just so focused, you're just automatically running that program of the goals that you're you're staying aligned with your mission. You're yeah. you are right? I'm a problem solver. I yeah. succeed. I you know, endure. I push through all of those just subconsciously fire. So you're not even thinking about it. It's just when something goes wrong. You just keep working. You just keep on mission. You just keep going.
0: And I have to say this, whenever I realized this as I was prepping for this episode and I listened back on the last one and it gave me chills. Cynthia was going through something really hard when we first recorded that episode and it's insane how this worked, It is so crazy, but what she was going through and how she handled it. And then what happened after we recorded was a testament to exactly what she was te- exactly what you were teaching. It It blew my mind when I realized. So to give you guys an understanding, if you haven't listened, or maybe you don't remember this, but At the end of the episode, we were talking about something that, um, Cynthia, you know, she takes clients online. She still does. So no matter where you are in the world, like if you want to work with her, you should, and you can, but she also has, um, had this, um, this huge dream to build a clinic, like a, a physical location in Connecticut. And she found this building. It was perfect. you put like eight months into it? Yep. Eight months eight months of work, hard work into it. It's like a no brainer. She's already talking about it. And then out of nowhere, it falls through. He just, he sent like a really cruddy email, the landlord and was yep. like, Hey, it's a no go. Good luck. <laughs> we can laugh now. Yeah. <laughs> we can laugh now. And it was heartbreaking. It it was earth shattering for you because, and I remember what you said, I put eight months of dreaming and hard work and labor into something and it was gone. It was just gone. And what you said in that moment and y'all, when she was recording this, she, I don't, had you even started looking for a location yet? A new one? No, I think we had just found out maybe, I think
1: maybe the week before it was very fresh.
0: Very, very fresh. And I mean, you almost didn't even share it because it was like, it sucked. Um, So anyway, had even looked and she said in in the episode, she said, this is the beauty of it. And this is what I'm going through in real time. Old me, I would have self sabotaged in some way. I would have told myself the lie that maybe this isn't meant to be. I shouldn't be doing this. You know, get frustrated and give up or let it impact other areas of your life. Like, you know, you're a mom to two babies, you're a wife, like you have all these clients. But instead, you told yourself, no, like, there's something else better coming. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to pick myself back up and stay the course. And you said something. I wrote it down. The success of this clinic already exists in my mind. And you were not, doesn't that give you chills? Yeah. And you, you were like, it's already here. I just have to, all that I have to do is just find a new location. And she did. We recorded that episode in July of last year, and in September, two months later, she secured a new location. In October, she moved in. It's so wild. Better than than the first
1: one. Oh my gosh. I can't even explain. I I think about this all the time, but I've never thought of it the way that you just presented it. We're in such a better situation now. I mean, better location, fantastic neighbors, the community we're in really loves us and supports us and like really rallies behind what we do. I can't even, we were able to move right in. We didn't have to do construction. The situation is a thousand times better and it took a while to get there mentally, right? It wasn't like instant. I hadn't been so focused on what was supposed to happen that it it was challenging to think like, okay, this is what's new. But now I look back on, it's just incredible how things happen. And we were like 10 times more successful our first couple months open than I could have ever imagined. I mean, my husband is booked out for months Like Mm -hmm. I'm currently at a point where like, I'm gonna have to probably start a wait list eventually. Like it's, Mm -hmm. we're just, we're so thrilled how everything worked Mm -hmm. out. And I cannot believe exactly what you said. At one point, what happened would have been completely devastating to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, working so hard on something and then having somebody just tell you like, no, sorry, and there's nothing you can do about it it wasn't logical for me to keep going, right? I'm a doctor. I could have just taken a job, you know, right. gotten money. It wasn't logical for me to necessarily fight for this. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people thought that's probably not a good idea. You may maybe let it go. Yeah. But like you said, I like the success of it already exists in my mind. I already knew That there were people who needed to be helped, I already knew that there were people who needed to travel to us to be seen in person to work with my husband. Um, I knew that I needed a place to house my virtual practice, you know, Mm -hmm. outside of my home, and it worked out. It's
0: it's beautiful, and I just I really. I can't believe how well that worked out with with what we were talking about in that episode it really it just it gives me chills i there's no other way to say it because it was just such a testament to what you taught. And so long story short, this is the power of rewiring one's brain. And I'm sure there are so many people listening who are thinking on like maybe a failed relationship that they put a, time, a ton of work in, maybe a failed business, right? Or maybe something that totally derailed them. But the takeaway is if you have a vision, if you have a goal that you know you are meant to Maybe that you don't, because who really knows, but like, it's your dream. Like, that's the thing that yeah. you really want to work toward. This is the power of holding that vision, getting your mind behind it and staying the course, regardless of what happens in the meantime.
1: Exactly. You got to invest in it if you want it. And you have to believe in it. You yeah. really have to believe in it. And if you do, like,
0: you're going to achieve that. You just have to commit the right. time you believe. And nobody's going to do it for you, right? Like nobody is not as invested in your dreams as you are and nobody is going to make it work. So, or work for it as hard as you will. So we did that episode... I know you, everybody went to you with the questions because you're the pro. You got so many follow-up questions. Um, So we thought in this episode we would do like an advanced recap of how to rewire your brain for success and answer some of these questions and maybe go a bit deeper on some of the practices that we talked about.
1: Yeah, this is perfect because like you said, there were so many questions that came flooded in Mm -hmm. and we talked about this, there was kind of a pattern of some of the same things that people were asking. So I know if there were, you know, a couple hundred people asking,
0: there's probably a lot more people who are interested. Yep. Awesome. So let's dive in. So this is, I I just started with probably the one that's going to take us longer to answer um, because this is one, this is a question that I deal with almost constantly with a lot of the women that I work with especially in the beginning of their business when they really they haven't really seen a lot of traction yet they have the goals they have the vision they they want to work toward it but they have such a hard time being consistent so for somebody who wants to rewire their brain, who wants to reprogram um, or you know, adopt a program that's going to allow them to take action, what would you say to somebody who's saying, I want this to work, but I have such a hard time being consistent?
1: First of all, everybody has a hard time being consistent. So allow that to set in, know that it's not an unusual problem, right? Everybody struggles with it. It's just that you have to start taking action on things. Mm -hmm. So if we can take action on one small thing, we prove to our brain, okay, success, I did it. And then our brain starts looking for that more and more and more again. It wants to say like, okay, we did that again. We did it. We did it. Keep checking it off that you're achieving these things. So I always suggest starting with a small goal that's really actionable that you can measure. Did I do this or did I not do this? Mm -hmm. So I love like just starting with gratitude or starting with affirmations, just something very small, choose what's right for you Mm -hmm. and just focus on it for a couple days. I do this with patients and we'll meet like every week. Mm -hmm. And then next week I'll come back and I'll say, you know, did you take action? Like your small goal, right? Did you do your gratitude every day? Mm -hmm. And sometimes by day three, they're like, everything changed for me and now I'm doing meditation and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Right. So it's just proving to ourselves that we can be consistent with something. will start to bleed into other areas.
0: Okay. I love that. So start with something small. I always say like, make it a game. Like obviously I teach a lot of social media stuff and I say, okay, I get it. You don't, you haven't seen this strategy work for you yet, so like make it a fun game, commit to a month of doing this one thing. And then at the end of the month, after doing it, first of all, celebrate that you stuck with it, but then see how far you've come. So I think that that's a really cool idea too, for things like visualization, meditation, whatever it is that they're trying to implement.
1: Yeah, I agree. Gamify anything if it motivates you, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, gamify. Yes. And so let's talk about affirmations then. hmm there were some questions around difference between gratitude and affirmations, which should somebody start with, which like, is there a better one for a certain type of person? What do you think about that?
1: I look at, Well, I think both should be part of a daily practice, but Mm -hmm. I think gratitude is really kind of just like your daily practice, setting your intentions. I'm grateful for, it's a very like high frequency emotion. It really kind of sets the tone for how you're going to perceive things through the day, what you're going to focus on through the day. And I love to use affirmation more so as proof to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So, any area that you're struggling in or something that you want to have achieve or become, we tend to use an affirmation for that. So if you're saying I'm not consistent, then you're going to affirm I am consistent or I post on social media every day, or, you know, I, you know, use my influence to build an income, right? Whatever it is that you're trying to do, you affirm that to yourself, right? So it's kind of, placing belief and trust and proof in yourself and when we speak it like that i am We tend to have this more emotional connection to it. Mm -hmm. Instead of, I want to be successful, I am successful. Mm -hmm. It feels different in you. It sits different in you. Your brain fires differently in it. We start releasing different neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. So I like to use affirmations in that way. First, gratitude, I like to use kind of just setting the mindset.
0: Okay. So I, I love gratitude. That's something that I do. That's anytime that I journal, which we're going to talk about in a second, I always start with gratitude because it just, I think that's one of the best things that you can do. Um, just to, again, like get your mind ready for the day and come from that place of positivity. But it's the affirmations for me that for whatever reason, I just, So, and it's funny because lately so many people I've been talking to, it's been all about affirmation. So to me, I'm like, okay, there's a reason why I'm hearing this. I need to get into it. Um, But I cannot take it seriously for some reason. And, and I heard, I can't remember who it was explaining this. So I'm excited to ask you, but somebody was talking about affirmation saying that unless you feel emotion, like you tie emotion into it, it's not really going to work So first of all, is that true? And second of all, how can you, I realize I am, you kind of said that that's going to tie some emotion, but is there a way, like, do you, um, focus on just one affirmation a week? Do you visualize while you do it? What's the best way to go about it? So you know that it's going to work and and stick. Yeah. A million questions at once. Go. That's like the
1: million dollar question. How do we make sure this works? Yeah. (laughs) Tell us right now.
0: Just. (laughs) So,
1: <laughs> when we're using affirmations that's exactly right we do want to generate that heightened emotion behind mm-hmm. it and so that's why we're using it in that tense I am mm-hmm. and there's a lot of other ways that we can build that emotional connection to what we're we're, we're Uh, writing or what we're saying, whatever we're affirming. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: One of the ways that we can do this is we're kind of in that calmer, lower brainwave state Mm -hmm. and we're putting that input in and we let ourselves like actually experience that emotion, right? So whether it's visualizing what that looks like, that tends to heighten the emotion. Mm -hmm. If it's visualizing a certain experience, if it's visualizing a certain outcome that's Mm -hmm. tied to that, Mm -hmm. or if it's just feeling You know, two different words feel differently. I am anxious versus I am calm. Mm -hmm. It sits different with you, right? It does. I am a failure versus I am successful it sits different with you. Mm -hmm. So really kind of just focusing on the words that you're saying to yourself and allowing that space to feel what it feels like. Feel it in your gut, right? We have that nervous system in our gut. We have that gut brain connection. Mm -hmm. And so when we're releasing those chemicals in our brain, we should feel some type of gut reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of heightening that emotional experience
0: interesting okay so I like the idea of tying in some visualization into it instead of just saying it because I think that I've tried just saying it and I'm like this is doing nothing for me because um, <laughs> I could say I'm a millionaire all day long and I ain't a millionaire so <laughs> you know but like I, I get what you're saying and I think so what about I think some people they have like five to ten affirmations and they they do them sometimes all at once Do you recommend having multiple or just a certain amount, focusing on some for a certain amount of time? I think
1: it's really dependent on the circumstances and what you're trying to work through at that time. Mm -hmm. Having too many is kind of like counteractive, right? Like wow. we're, we're just spreading the focus all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I like to really be intentional about what we're affirming. So if you're struggling with something new mm-hmm. and, you know, you're really trying to work through it, then you say like, you know, I trust myself or I'm on the right path or, you know, you tie something in or a group of affirmations that really support whatever task you're on or whatever you need to be focused on in that moment.
0: I so, love that.
1: Yeah. I think that Sometimes when I'm working with a patient, I have them just repeat one affirmation, but I like to say three is kind of like a good spot to be, whether all three are supporting the same mission, all three are kind of, you know, spread out in different areas of your life, maybe your business, your family, your personal, Mm -hmm. maybe your financial, right? Mm -hmm. So it just kind of really depends on the individual. There's no right or wrong answer with how many you should be doing. I definitely do think that there is a, like a cap of doing too much. Right.
0: Agree. And then time length. Is this something where you want to do for like, is, an, is it like 17 days to form a habit or something like that? Do, do you recommend doing it over a long period of time to make sure that it really sinks and starts to maybe reprogram?
1: I recommend doing affirmations as much as possible. Like, I, I mean, if you're in a moment of crisis, you better just start affirming to yourself, right? Okay, to get yeah. But mm-hmm. I like to do um, affirmations at night as I'm going to bed uh, just to kind of be in that good brainwave state. It's kind of like a hypnotic state. It's really putting yeah. kind of stuff into your subconscious. So I don't think that there's a magic number, right? We like to say on average, it takes 17 days or 21 days uh-huh. or you know, somewhere in there to really start seeing a pattern. But I think that it's just the consistency and the intensity behind what we're doing. Uh I've seen people do this very, very quickly. And I've seen people who are just not so consistent with it. They start, they stop, they start, they stop. They don't really believe or feel what they're saying. Um, And believe me, they're not changed in
0: 17 (laughs) days, totally absolutely yeah you got to stick with it this is with the consistency and seeing it through um yeah. okay awesome so meditation what is your stance on meditation and you got some questions around that how do i meditate when should i meditate yeah, yeah. No meditation
1: better. to me is Calming the body, right? We're going to decrease the sensory input, right? So we want to be quiet. We want to be still. um, We want to kind of slow down our breathing. We want to be very present where we are in that moment. And that's my perspective on meditation. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have different stances, right? There's different things like guided meditation, right? Where somebody is actually guiding you through a meditation, whether you're listening to it like on an audio or through like YouTube or an app Mm -hmm. um, or you're in person, right? That's a little bit different types. That's a little bit more active. Mm -hmm. First, I think just meditation in general is a very kind of passive activity. Mm -hmm. There's no right or wrong time when to do it. I think that it's the most powerful, the most beneficial to meditate first thing in the morning and also at night and right as you're going to bed. So we kind of talked about that as we're drifting off to bed, we're changing our brainwaves, right? So the, the goal of meditation is we want to go into that alpha brainwave state, which is that more calm state, right? It's easier to move things into the subconscious. We're not as aware of all the noise going on. We're really present with our thoughts. And then as we move further into sleep, that is Theta. So that's that area right before we're falling asleep into that deep sleep. Mm-hmm. The subconscious is super impressionable at that time. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we're doing a guided meditation, a visualization, if we're even if we're just meditating to calm our system, to do it from alpha and then climb down the conscious ladder into theta is a very powerful time as far as rewiring the brain and kind of moving things into that subconscious mind.
0: Okay. So whenever you do that, cause mm-hmm. I, I've done both where I just, you know, I'm calming myself down. I'm focusing on my breathing. I'm just being silent as much as I can, pushing away thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then I've done guided with like visualizations. And personally, I like the guided because it gives me something of focus on when I really, I, I just, that's, I don't know. My mind is, it just feels really active sometimes, which is probably why I need the other kind of meditation. Um, so it sounds like you prefer the kind where you shut your brain off as much as you can. You go inward. And then how is this, We you explain to me how by shutting the brain off and not really thinking about much and focusing on breathing, how does that, you said whenever you get to those, beta and then theta is that what you said how does that start to reprogram so I think that
1: we use the meditation right the calming the being present the being still mm-hmm. to move us into the state of alpha mm-hmm. and then when we're in alpha and we're going into theta mm-hmm. that's when we're using that input to kind of rewire the brain so that is a little bit more active I but Active from like a subconscious stance, right? So a lot of times I'll have patients um, repeat their three affirmations at Uh night over and over and over again as they're Uh falling asleep. And they always tell me the same thing. They're like, I don't even remember saying it. I don't even remember saying I was just like out like that and it's true It's like a hypnosis to yourself where you're Mm -hmm. affirming different beliefs And as you're climbing down that ladder of consciousness, it's just going directly into the subconscious So I really encourage like if somebody's trying to get into meditation It's a very easy way to do it. So right usually we say with meditation like sit in a comfortable position Mm -hmm. If you're lying in bed, you're already comfortable. You're already kind of sensory like shut out Mm -hmm. and that's like a perfect. Perfect place to start just calming yourself down, focusing on your breathing. Mm -hmm. And as you start to, you know, move down into that calm state, then put the, that affirmation in, um, And you can do that with a guided meditation too. A lot of people listen to guided meditations as they're dozing off that will affirm certain beliefs into their mind. So less of like a visualization that's like actually very active and heightens Mm -hmm. brain activity. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that's just like a calming, affirming type of message.
0: I got it. Okay. So that's the part that I miss. Add in the affirmations once you're calm and relaxed so you can really get into the subconscious. Got it. I love that. I love when you can mix two things and just get more bang for your buck and then get a good night's sleep. I'm just like, (laughs) give me, give me that. Um, okay. I like that a lot. Now, what about journaling? Is this kind of along the same lines of affirmations in a way you're just writing it down?
1: I get asked this question all the time. Uh-huh. I think that journaling has gained a lot of popularity, right? Like a lot of people are using journaling for they are. development uh-huh. and that's great. And I think that this could go either way. Uh-huh. Some people journal, and they're so far in that negative program that they're writing about what went wrong that day, or they're focused on what could have gone better, or um, they're very anxious driven, right? They're projecting into the future about circumstances that haven't even happened yet. Mm-hmm. That is not going to make success come your way, right? That's not yes. going to wire our brain in a positive way. In fact, it's just actually strengthening those negative pathways. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to use journaling as a technique to better ourselves, right, as a true development technique, mm-hmm. and we're concerned about how do we get the most, you know, for the rewiring of our brain? Yeah. We have to use it for purposes, like we said. The gratitude, the affirmations, the speaking into the future, like it already exists. You know, mm-hmm. I am grateful for that million dollars in the bank, yeah. right? It, where we has been
0: raised a couple times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> scribbled on every page. Every page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's where we need our focus to be. And that works at as a great tool that's the same way as if we were saying it to ourselves you know whether we're saying it out loud or we're saying it to ourselves yeah. um, writing it out it's there's something really powerful about the physical act of writing and the way that that lights up the brain and so I always suggest writing your gratitude writing your affirmations and if you're doing it in a journaling way where you're actually like painting out a visualization or a picture that's extremely extremely powerful.
0: It is. And I love that you said that. I feel like, um, there is a difference between your diary and your journal, right? Yeah. Like it- bitch in your diary, you know, talk about the problems if you have to get it out, but then turn to your journal and rewrite your future and how you want it to look. And I love that. And that's something that I've been really conscious of. So that makes me feel good. Cause I really, I don't think I really realized what I was doing at the time. But like I said, I start with, I start with the gratitude and then I always write something future focused. And I've done a podcast on this where I've done this a few times where I would write out a scenario and it, and it happened beautifully, like filling out my mastermind back whenever I first started my mastermind, I, I could barely get two people into it. So I was, and it was really frustrating. My business, it was just like, you know, in the very beginning, just not going great. And everything I would journal about was, My mastermind is full. I'm working with 10 of the most brilliant, successful women who are resourceful and who are coming to me for support. And it's booked out, and there's a wait list. And it happened. I think it was like four months later, three or four months later. And it gave me chills because it, you know, it works. It really does. So, yeah, your focus
1: was on what you wanted to achieve, right? And you were Uh already speaking it into existence. First, focusing on Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And only two people showed up. Maybe I shouldn't do this. You know, how, yep. how am I going to make money? Right? We, we don't go there. We don't spiral. We've got to stay there. on task.
0: Yeah. And I, I, wanna, I want people to hear that. You don't even go there because Lord knows how hard it was for me to not get a couple, you know, a month or two in with one or two members. And it was, I mean, part of me really could have gone down the spiral of this is embarrassing. People are laughing at me. Nobody wants to work with you. This is too early, blah, blah, like nothing that was serving me. It would have been so easy to go down that, but I had had to be so conscious about it and my choice of thoughts and just just thinking like they're on their way. They're coming they're coming, they're coming, they're on their way. And, you know, and because of that, I took the actions that supported getting those women eventually in there. And that's what you did with your, your practice. And I'm sure a million other things that you've done, but that's important to note. Like, I really want everyone to hear that. It's
1: you said, because you believed it, you took actions aligned with that. Yes, You have to really kind of have that clear focus to make sure that you're taking actions and steps that are going to lead to that outcome.
0: Totally. Cause if I, if I didn't believe that I was going to fill out my mastermind or cause I didn't know I would, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know I would, but I knew I was a good enough coach that like, I was worthy of that. I knew in my heart that like I, even though I had never done it before, I knew that I could coach 10 women in my mastermind and like really support them in their goals. And I had faith in that. And even though I didn't have the proof, that is what led me to keep showing up and talking about it. Versus if I had been like, oh, I'm, I'm, I don't have the experience. You know, again, people are laughing at me. I wouldn't have shown up and talked about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. they're not aligned. So, so, so powerful. Okay, so journaling's good. We don't need to treat it like a a diary. We need to treat it like a journal. (laughs) Um, Let's see. I'm trying to see and stay in an organized way with these questions. Let's go back really quickly to visualization, and then we're going to switch gears. Somebody asked, what What should I visualize? Is this just keep it aligned with your goals?
1: Yeah, I think that visualization is, again, very specific to what you're trying to achieve, Uh right? So we can visualize something short term. Right? Or we can Mm -hmm. visualize something long term. Mm -hmm. The purpose is to actually see the outcome that you want. So, as long as we're visualizing the outcome that we're looking to achieve, Mm -hmm. that is the place we want to be coming from because we want to start generating that heightened emotional response. And so, if you're like, hey, I want to see that million dollars in the bank, you need to see what that looks like and feel it and let it sit in Mm -hmm. and all that comes with that million dollars in the bank. Mm -hmm. And that is visualizing the outcome that you want athletes have been doing this for decades like really high level athletes do this right high level business people do this um people who speak do this right they will visualize themselves on a stage Mm -hmm. before they even step foot in the building right to make sure that they're they're already producing that outcome they're producing the wiring for that outcome before the event even takes place
0: and then it doesn't feel as foreign. Like whenever it starts happening, it's like, of course this is happening. I've, I've been here for years.
1: <laughs> that's so true. I never even thought of it. But yeah, I can think of a number of times where I've visualized things and then you just step into it and it's so natural. Like you don't feel out of place because oh, you're yeah, comfortable so- with it already.
0: Yeah, that's so crazy. What if there is somebody who wants to fast track their results? Right. And they get it like, okay, yeah, I could visualize, I could meditate, I could journal, but they're just one of those who are like, what can I pay to speed this up? (laughs) Like, what can I do? Is there anything?
1: Yeah. I think that there's, I mean, there's a number of ways that you can really commit to making this process faster. Um, Staying consistent is definitely mm-hmm. one. We talked about the consistency of firing those neural pathways in our brain really leads to that hardwiring of the belief. Mm-hmm. Trying to generate that heightened emotional response. One way that we can kind of like, bypass some of this is start surrounding yourself with other people who do this yes you start mirroring it right you don't even know but you align with other people who are practicing this way living this way who are achieving the things that you want to achieve Uh and subconsciously we mirror them we have mirror neurons whether we're with a group of people who are poorly influencing us or are influencing us for the better so yes by far, go spend your money, get in a mastermind, get in a course, go to a training. You will for sure make your money back on that type of an investment.
0: It'll rub off. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. That's a good, I love that you said that. Um, cause I didn't even think about that. I, my mind was like supplements, you know, something like somebody else could do, but What you said that, that probably it has to be the fastest way, like who you surround yourself with and it can be good or bad is going to rub off on you and will, will, um, you know, dictate like how you act and the things that you do. So, so good. So, so good. Um, about how long does it take to rewire your brain? Is there? I know we kind of talked about visualization and how long people should do that, but is there like a study on about how long this takes? It varies so much. Yeah. I think there's, there's a ton of different
1: factors. Um, I just had a conversation this morning with someone who said for almost a year, they were extremely like anxious about their health and they were always worried that something bad was going to happen with their health. And they were doing everything else right, like all the modalities and the nutrition and the supplements. And it wasn't until they started affirming that you know everything was okay and that they trust that everything is okay. And she said within less than a week, she's like, I, I was not anxious anymore. Like I was anxious for over a year about this. And within less than a week, I no longer felt that. So it can happen really quickly if we are actually believing it and we're actually intentional about it. And she was very committed. She said, I just decided like everything was okay. And I believed everything was okay. And I wasn't anxious anymore. Right? So those Anxiety beliefs that she had for that year, those circuits were running in her brain. Like those were at that point hardwired, but she chose to carve that new path. So that's why I talk about the frequency. Right, Mm if we're talking about the frequency of firing the same neural pathways, Mm -hmm. it can take some time. But when we're talking about the intention behind it and that heightened emotional response, we can do that fairly quickly, whether we're doing it from a personal belief standpoint or even like clinically. I think about this with my husband, people come in to work with him and they'll spend like five days with him. And from day one to day two, like their brain is completely different. And we measure this, right? We have technology that measures this. And by the end of the week, they're testing off the charts, right? So it's like we gave them specific neural input, the mm-hmm. same way we do with our thoughts and our beliefs and our emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just did it from a clinical standpoint, and their brains were able to change like rapidly.
0: And do you think the reason why is because they were with you and your people that they trust? So it was coming from this place that they could allow their brain to relax and be- like truly believe this information because it was coming from a trustworthy place?
1: Yeah, I'm sure that all of it plays a factor, right? Mm -hmm. If you have an authority, right, a physician telling Mm -hmm. you, you know, this is the outcome that we expect to see, then you start to expect to see that outcome as well, right? So there is that certain level of trusting in the process. And then, I mean, there's just a number of objective, measurable findings that we can actually show them proof that evidence like, oh, This worked, right? So the same way that we try to create that with uh, my patients or your clients, right? Mm -hmm. Giving them those small wins, that proof, Mm -hmm. that evidence that this works, Mm -hmm. that just then reaffirms things to them neurologically.
0: And the faster that you can believe it and buy into it, the faster that it's going to start working and sticking. And that's what we need. We need these things to stick. Yep. Buy in. Buy in. (laughs) And, and this will be different for everybody, but I could totally see how somebody who's more skeptical whenever they finally just let their guard down and say, what, what's the worst that can happen? Like, I've been believing this thing that hasn't been serving me for so long. Why can't I believe this other thing? And I think it's powerful what you shared about your client who found this limiting belief that she was thinking for such a long time and finally realized, like, that was the ticket to changing her whole physiology and her whole state, was by uncovering that. So, let's talk about really quickly limiting beliefs then, because oftentimes people don't even realize what they are or like that it's been this old program running over and over again. So how do you think, how would you help somebody uncover what their limiting beliefs are? So
1: limiting beliefs are something I think Everybody has, right? To some extent, everybody has some limit, and we get them by our experiences, our observations, right? How our parents behaved, or something that we watched. We have this um, specific idea of how things are supposed to be, and anything outside of that program, that idea of how things are supposed to be. We, we're a little hesitant to go there. It's a little uncomfortable because it's new. It's different. Mm-hmm. So we don't necessarily have to identify what the limiting belief is. We just have to know that if we want something, we have to push through it, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times as we're pushing through, that tends to uncover the limiting belief. and So true. We don't know what the limiting belief is. We just know, oh, this doesn't feel so good or I'm nervous or you know maybe this isn't right for me or maybe I should start Monday or you know right we start to have these second guesses mm-hmm. and we say, oh well maybe it's just not in the cards for me or things like that. Those are the limiting belief, right something that's holding us back And so we might not necessarily know, Why, what happened previously, or what type of input we had that told us, you know, we can't generate passive income or we can't, you know, be super successful or be a speaker, be, you know, write a book. Mm -hmm. It's just knowing that we can push through those. And at that point, when we start taking action like that and we give ourselves that new proof, that new evidence, we start showing ourselves that that's who we are. And then the magic starts happening in the brain, right? We start lighting up those connections and we truly believe that we can do those things.
0: I love how you just explained that because I love not focusing on the limiting belief and not trying to uncover it and figure out what it is and where it stemmed from. Just take the action that you know you're supposed to take. And if you're hesitating, catch it and push through anyway. And and then that's when like you said, the magic starts happening and you start rewiring. Oh, thank God. I love that answer so much. I hate the idea of, and I know like some people with some serious trauma, you got to uncover it and figure it out. Um, but a lot of people, it's not that, that deep and you can, it can be as easy as doing the thing that you know, you're not that you should do. And even if it's uncomfortable and just making a new habit of that behavior. Exactly. All right. I always have negative thought patterns, so this this is more of a statement. Um, so if somebody said this to you, I always have negative thought patterns. what would you say to them?
1: You're not trying hard enough uh, uh-huh. you're Not trying, right? If you're allowing yourself to always have those patterns, that means you're just taking the path of least resistance. Uh consciously say i want to change or i want to be successful or i want to start this business but you're not actually trying you're not putting in the work to start wiring new patterns into your brain so that you start making new thoughts and new choices and new behaviors and new actions if you're telling me like i just can't like i've been trying to do this for a while or a couple years and i just always think negative you're not trying
0: i love that accountability you yeah, to, somebody's like, going to be
1: upset with that answer, but you needed to hear it.
0: You needed to hear it. It's everybody does, and we all. I mean, I, I know I'm guilty of this. I have weeks where I'm just I'm just more negative, and I have to like snap the hell out of it like get over yourself already it's not that bad (laughs) and and like you can choose different thoughts to think that are a lot more enjoyable um but it's I think it's normal but I think that that's it's a beautiful response because it's true like you have to try harder
1: yep try harder
0: and then if somebody says okay I'm going to do that. I'm going to practice my gratitude. I'm doing the things that I need to do, but the people around me are very negative and it's hard not to fall into that pattern. So I know a lot of people deal with this like who work in other offices and people hate their lives at this office and everybody's, you know, super negative. Do they just put their blinders up? What do they do? Gosh,
1: Like, as you're saying this, I'm reverting back. I'm thinking my first job ever was at a bank and I was in installment loan department, right? So not like a branch bank, like an office bank. And it was before I went to college, pre-med, and the VP offered me a job. And she's like, you would be great. Like, you don't need to go to college. Just stay here in this position. Like, you're going to go far, And I remember looking around at the women who shared, like, the cubicles, like, three feet from me, and they're all miserable, (laughs) and they they hated their jobs, and I'm like, "Uh, no, I'm good. I'm going to go go to school. What a (laughs)
0: psycho. You don't need
1: college?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I should write her a letter
1: now and be like, how's it going at the bank?
0: (laughs) Oh, thank God you saw through that. That's weird. So
1: I get it, right? Like I've, I've been in that situation of people who are just miserable. They're not going somewhere or they like to complain and that's the culture. Yeah. That's okay. It's not your job to change the culture. Mm-hmm. It's not your job to change the way other people act or how they talk. It's not your job to show the light to your friends or your family. Mm-hmm. Your job is to worry about you. Your job is to worry about how you react in those situations. Your job is to choose how much you're going to engage in that type of behavior. Mm. And the more that you're, you know, practicing these practices, right the positivity, the gratitude, the affirmations, the personal development the easier it becomes to stand in that conversation and not be affected by it. I mean, uh, it, it happens a lot, right? I have. Friends who aren't into this, I have family members who aren't into this. It doesn't mean I can't share a dinner with them. i'm I'm fine, right? I can I can go there and choose not to engage in that. I can go there and choose not to come home and be wound up by something that someone else was complaining about, right? So just know that it's not your job. And knowing that sometimes just brings a sense of relief that like it's okay for them to be doing what they're doing. It has nothing to do with what you're doing.
0: This one is hard for me because yeah. um, family. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, very, very close family member, just not in a great space. And I'm very close to this person, and I love this person so much. And we think so differently. It's mind blowing that we're related. Mm-hmm. And my first inclination is to like, try and show them the light. Like you said, like, think this way, try this instead, be positive, you know, Mm -hmm. like take control. And it just falls on deaf, deaf ears, deaf ears, deaf ears. And it's so frustrating to me. And I'm finally getting, and this has been years and years and years where finally I'm just like, when is it going to get through my thick skull that I'm wasting my breath? And is that the truth? Like, do you recommend, like, they can't change unless they want to.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, especially if I look at my own personal experience, a lot of that frustration of, like, why they won't change is almost ego and us of, like, why aren't they listening to me, right? Yeah. Why, are, why aren't they doing what I'm doing? Why aren't they like, can't they see that they could live differently if they would just do this, listen to this podcast I sent them that they never opened or mm-hmm. read that book I suggested or, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's very an ego stance to come from. And that's why I said, if we can disconnect from that mm-hmm. and just say, you know, that's not our job, right? Our job is to love them and care for them and to stay on our own mission and worry about ourselves in that area, then. It seems to allow for that separation of ego
0: and just meet them where they are and lead by example too right like that's and that's something that I caught myself like I was getting angry at this person being hateful because they're not acting the way that I want them to act and like what that's not gonna make them want to be but that's just gonna pu- push them away from me, so yeah, like letting go of that and just trying to be a better person myself and leading by example, I think is the best thing that you can do, but it's so, it's hard. It is. It's always challenging. There's always going to be
1: people who aren't on the same page as you. And I think that the more focused we are in our lane, Mm -hmm. the easier it gets to kind of diffuse those situations.
0: Yeah. I've got to do that. I need to be better about that. Okay. Good. Good information. Good information. So people want to know what does your mindset practice look like? Because you are slaying and we just want to be Mini Cynthia's over here to be completely.
1: <laughs> Gosh,
0: my, uh, my mindset practice is
1: far from perfect. But one thing that I will say is that I am very consistent. Uh-huh. Like I am very consistent and I think that it's because I do have that proof and evidence now when Mm -hmm. I first started like positive mindset and all these practices, it was just because I knew I had to do it. Like Mm -hmm. I I just have to do this. I have to get into it. This is, you know, what's going to make me a better person. I want to be better. I want to, you know, push myself. And now I believe it so wholeheartedly, right? I know the science behind it and I've actually seen the evidence in my life and in my patient's life. Mm -hmm. So I will always remain consistent. So, in the morning, I will get up and I will do, oh, actually, prior to me even getting up. So, before my feet even hit the floor, mm-hmm. I am doing gratitude in my head, right? I'm thankful for a beautiful day. I'm thankful for the health of my family. I'm thankful for the success of my business, right? Whatever my gratitude is, whatever that feeling is. So, I need, I have to set that tone. And intention before my feet are even on the floor. Mm. So we're still in that like theta state, but maybe we're moving into alpha, that meditative state when we're first getting up. And that's why I do it before I even move because mm. I know that I'm in such a calm state, right? My heart hasn't started pumping as much. My breath is still really slow. And so I start putting the gratitude in. I get up, I go downstairs and I actually write out gratitude and affirmations then. Okay. So I physically write out my gratitude and affirmations. Um, sometimes at that point, I'm journaling. Sometimes at that point, I'm making a plan for what I have to do that day. Anything that I need to do to make me be the more most confident version of myself to actually show up as who I want to be that day. Mm-hmm. So I'm always consciously thinking, who do I want to be? Like, how am I going to help people? How am I going to achieve this today? Mm-hmm. So that, you know, like if something... Comes down and like my husband does something annoying, right? Like I'm patient and loving and kind to him. I'm not letting it set me off and we're having like an argument at 6 a.m. That's Mm -hmm. not happening in my house, right? My kids get up fussy. I'm not like frazzled and running around the house and being like, oh my gosh, I am present and there for my children. And I'm asking them what do they need from me. So in order for me to do that, I have to have those morning practices. I go through my day evening is the same type of thing. I stay very consistent with my practice. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I will reflect on the day. Sometimes I choose not to because sometimes reflecting on the day can be a little bit more anxiety driven or a little bit too much reflecting on what should I have done? What should I have not done? Mm -hmm. So I reflect on like wins for the day or things that make me feel good or generate like a happy emotion. So if I spent time, maybe like we had a really nice family dinner, and I gave the kids a bath, I let that sink in and really feel like, okay, like that was great today. If I had like, you know, really good wins with my patients, I really think about that intentionally at the end of the day. And Mm -hmm. I kind of review that because it, feels good to me and it keeps me on mission and it keeps me focused on what I need to do. Mm -hmm. So then at night, as I'm going to bed, I'll practice my meditation. So I'll do deep breathing as I'm laying in bed. Mm -hmm. I'll do in for four, out for eight. And I'm really just focused on my breath in and out, in and out. And I try and shut out all surrounding noise, thoughts, everything at that point. And then as I'm falling asleep, I will do my affirmation. So I'll affirm who I need to be for the next day or the next week or the next year if I need to tell myself that I'm calm, right? Being a business owner is tough. So I have to constantly be telling myself I am calm so that i can remain calm <laughs>
0: i'm writing this down i am how do you spell calm because i've never heard this word before it's french it's foreign you won't know yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> my
1: husband's like write that one down <laughs> so yeah i just i stay consistent and those are kind of my my daily habits my daily routines on that mm-hmm. and then I listen to what I need. So on different days, I, things might be different. I might stop midday in my office and do a little breath work and start repeating affirmations to myself if mm-hmm. I need to. Right, mm-hmm. whatever I need to do to keep my mind focused and myself showing up as who I need to be, mm-hmm. then that's what I do.
0: That's awesome, and you're very, very consistent. Yes. And then, okay, so this just popped in my head. Mr. Kempinski is he like lying beside you doing the breath work too all right honey you ready in for two out for eight go (laughs) y'all doing this together no
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I mean I'm so focused on what I'm doing I have no clue what he's doing like he could be watching YouTube over there like I have no idea so Mm -hmm. I mean he does have his own mindset Mm -hmm. practices for sure and he is um he's very big into writing so he will write out like his gratitude and his affirmations and he's more so in the journaling like he won't sit quietly and visualize but he can write out something. And Mm -hmm. as he's writing it, he'll start to generate that emotion. So yeah, he struggles with some of the more like meditative visualization, but he definitely will do breath work because he knows that it activates your parasympathetic nervous system and he's all about that brain. Mm -hmm. So he gets in on the breath work, but yeah, we don't have some... Some joint meditative advanced practice going on here. <laughs>
0: okay, thank God. <laughs> that would have been like uh, y'all are too perfect. I can't. Okay, so that's good. Like stick to what feels good for you, and it can vary for everybody. As long as you have some sort of practice and yeah. and practice it, like make it a habit. You know, test it out for a while because it might not stick after the first night. But yeah. you know, Cynthia is she's doing it, y'all. She's she's slaying, and this is what she's really doing every single night. So. Take note of that. And then last question I have for you. We have a lot of, we both work with a lot of moms, um, but this isn't just moms, just people in general who have a lot of people that they take care of. How do they not feel guilty about either setting boundaries or or like really taking the time to take care of themselves and being intentional about this self-care time? How do you go about not feeling guilty when there are other people that you could be taking care of?
1: This is a good one. Mm-hmm. I get this question a lot, and I feel like the emotion behind it when somebody yeah. is open enough to reach out and put themselves in that vulnerable position. That is tough, right? As moms, as caretakers, as partners and relationships, we want to care for everyone in our lives mm-hmm. and know that that is a good thing, right? Yeah. You should know that, like, that is great that you love yeah. and you care that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and. It's just then acknowledging that and then still being able to understand that you have to do these things to be the best version of you. And the people in your life deserve the best version of you. They don't deserve the one who's waking up and frustrated. They don't deserve the one who is half in, half out, right? We're kind of like straddling the fence, half listening. Like that's not a present mom either. You know, that's not a present wife. That's not a present daughter or girlfriend, right? So we have to just separate it. And time is not a huge factor here. It's hard. Not yeah, a huge
0: it's, it's not hours or anything crazy.
1: No, I mean, gosh, guys, I'm asking you to say affirmations as you're falling asleep. Like, right,
0: yeah, <laughs> you're not making
1: anyone dinner at that it time? Right. It doesn't get so, easier than that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's time is not a huge restraint.
0: Uh-huh. It's just
1: that you have to commit that you're going to work on yourself. And like I said, I do my gratitude before my feet even hit the floor in the morning. And literally, it's, it's like one minute. Even like if I know that my child is up, I still know that I have to like run through these things to like start producing those hormones in my brain and get me ready to see my kids. So it's like my instinct if I hear my daughter up is to like go to her room and I have to be like nope, sit still, like just think of like what you're grateful for today, how today is going to be great, how you're going to be a present mom and you're going to, you know, be there for your patients. And then I get up to get to her and she doesn't know that it was 30 seconds later.
0: So. And you said something that it it rung so true for me where you said, I just, I forget exactly how you worded it, but reminding yourself of like what version of you that you're wanting to be that day, like how, like which version of Allie do I want to show up as? And this is so true. And I joke that I have multiple personalities because you can get like many versions of me, You get the lazy version of me, the pissed off, the frazzled, (laughs) the, and then like the boss version of me and the calm version, you know, and sometimes all it takes is me taking a step back in the morning and being like, okay, regroup, this is how I need to, this is how I want to be. Like, this is how I really want to handle my son who's having a fit. I don't want to yell. I don't want to get frustrated. I want to handle it with love. And I don't want to affect anything else in my day. And it can be as easy as that simple reminder. So I think that's like the best part of what you shared is do that before you even get out of bed.
1: Yeah, set the tone for the day. And I mean, yeah. that's why we affirm who we are, right? That's how that's why we do that work mm-hmm. so that in the moments of like craziness, we don't react like the person we don't want to be, right? We don't start running that default pattern. We okay. run that new pattern of who we told ourselves that we are, right? That yes. go back to that I am calm. I am calm. <laughs>
0: calm. <laughs> 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 Tattoos on forehead. Okay. <laughs> you are amazing, Cynthia. <laughs> (laughs) Cynthia. Cynthia, thank you so much for taking the time to pour into us yet again. Um, Can I share what our next episode is going to be whenever I force you to come back and hang out with me again? Yes, share. Tell everyone. (laughs) All about self-sabotage, right? We're going to get into the neuroscience of self-sabotage. So whenever we're trying to do these things and reprogram our mind, it's natural to want to revert back to the old versions, which is self-sabotage. And we're going to dive into that in the next episode. So be looking out for that. But in the meantime, where can people find you? And if people want to work with you, what what's the vibe? What's, what's happening? How do they do this? Because I know that they're going to want to. <laughs> so you can find me on
1: Instagram at the Kempinski Clinic. And I'm very active and engaged with people there. So I'm happy to connect with you guys. I still practice functional medicine virtually. So I connected with so many of Valley 's listeners last time and yeah. I'm working with people all over the place. So if you're interested in finding a functional medicine practitioner, I'd be happy to chat with you about that. And if you're interested in learning more about mindset, I do have some mindset mastermind coaching going on. It's currently on a wait list, but you can join the wait list by just clicking the link in my bio.
0: And we'll link that up in the show notes too. However you can work with her, just work with her. She's just incredible. Thank you so much. I know everybody's going to love this. I'm so excited to have you back and you're just, you're just the best. That's all I can say. Thank you. I, you know what? I think you're the best Allie. No, you're the best. (laughs) I'm not the best. I'm calm. (laughs) You are so calm. I'm the calmest.